1: Another week and another Cowboys win in the books. It's time to get riled up on the Cowboys as we do every Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White talking everything regarding the Cowboys. And typically it is the time when we tend to look forward and try to ask the questions that may or may not be answered Are the questions that remain to be answered by the Cowboys as they head into their weekend's matchup. But before we do, there is actually a question that has kind of been answered in regards to the matchup that they will see this weekend, and that is pertaining to a former Dallas Cowboy, one Mm -hmm. Robert Quinn, who apparently is on the move to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a day-two pick, a great pickup by the Eagles. Tom, and it's kind of rare that you and I get to – react to the news of the day typically we're regarding the questions that need to be answered but i'd love to hear your take on everything surrounding the robert quinn news and of course we'll get into the impact that it has with the matchup regarding the cowboys this weekend
2: well i i don't think this is going to be a huge impact this week we'll have to see how it works out uh with the eagles uh he has not been highly productive uh, so far but the Eagles are a different defense and they may be able to put into much better use so that may be a problem we're going to have to look at come the Christmas time game but uh, you know it's I think that anything that would reduce in any way the pressure that Dak is under is maybe a good sign for the Cowboys so for this game probably a little bit of an advantage and then we'll have to see how it impacts uh, once the Eagles are on the books for the Cowboys. So it it was, it does show how the Eagles are always looking to improve their roster, no matter what they've got and how they're not afraid to send some draft picks. Uh, You know, it's a a fourth rounder is a, a decent pick. Cowboys have certainly done well in the fourth round, as we all know. Uh, But this is the kind of aggressive move I think we sometimes long for, for the Dallas Cowboys to make. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, now he won't be somebody that's going to be chasing our QB1 around. So let's see how it goes.
1: Yeah, well, they can afford the draft capital. Uh, keep in mind, they still have two first round picks next year, one from the New Orleans Saints and their own. So, a fourth rounder is something they could kind of afford. And to be clear, you know, to be fair, I think the price for Robert Quinn went down quite a bit considering the start he's had so far just one sack, eight tackles through mm-hmm. seven games now for the Bears. But at the same time, I agree with you. He goes from being the best pass rusher or second best pass rusher rusher maybe to Roquan Smith um, in that defense to maybe the fifth, sixth guy in Philadelphia. So I think the opportunities are going to be there. And quite frankly, it's a low risk move for the Eagles. Anybody, you know, kind of cheering the fact that they picked up a huge contract because he just signed a big deal. Well, not really because he doesn't have any guaranteed money after this season. So depending on how much the bears ate of that deal, it could be a very favorable one for the Eagles. And I think we have to kind of acknowledge that um, in the same token, the Cowboys made their own addition this week,
0: mm-hmm.
1: signing a player or uh training for a player in which, you know, they didn't even need to spend a second day draft pick. Uh, this is virtually a nothing, right? Uh, when you swap a six, a seventh and a sixth rounder and get a player, this is a player that was on the verge of being cut anyway by his team. Uh, Jonathan Hankins, of course, is who we're referring to if you hadn't heard the news. And, uh, you know, I I like the addition just because of the fact that they've had some struggles against the run. If there's an Achilles heel that the Cowboys maybe have so far from a defensive perspective, it might be against the run game. And this guy is a bona fide run stuffer, right? I don't know if he's an excellent pass rusher. We don't necessarily need him to be. We just kind of need him to do what, It appears that he's been brought to do specifically
2: yeah that's as a space eater you know someone that just clogs up that middle doesn't get moved out uh doesn't necessarily make a lot of tackles himself but holds up things so that the other defenders can come in and stop the running back and as we're going to talk a little bit that's kind of a question the Cowboys really need to answer. Maybe the top question going into this game.
1: Well, let's jump into that. Then we obviously put together the biggest questions that the Cowboys still have to answer. And yes, there are still several, even with the Cowboys sitting somewhat pretty, right? It feels pretty when you look at the record. But then you look at the division and you look at the gap that truly exists between you and the rest, and you realize that kind of every game from here, what may be from here on out, feels a bit like a must win.
2: Yeah, and uh, it, it has to be said as well that, uh, you know, the Cowboys are, are coming into this game in a situation where they've just watched the Chicago Bears absolutely maul the uh, the New England Patriots. And this is a case where the Cowboys' weakness matches up poorly with the Chicago Bears. It's, it's a little bit odd to me that the Cowboys are very heavily favored in this game because I don't know what that logic is after they just showed what they could do or people – thinking that, well, New England just is really on the downward trend. Uh, was it a fluke? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing is that the Bears are a weird team when you look at them because they are the, the best rushing team in the NFL right now in yards per game and the worst
1: passing team.
2: You know, so you've got – a case where the Cowboys kind of hard to
1: do for a team that like has that bad of a record to be honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a case where the Cowboys strength just maybe overkill, you know, as far as being able to shut down the pass, because that means that Justin Fields may have to try to make his biggest contribution with his legs. And I don't know if that's something you want. He is a a big, strong, very effective runner, uh, both on design plays and when he's trying to create as the pass rush flushes him out. And, uh, you know, that makes it kind of dangerous. You know, anytime you look at a team that racked up 243 yards on the ground against a Bill Belichick coach team, yeah, I mean, thankfully we've got Dan Quinn. And I'm hoping he's going to have some answers. Uh, You know, one of the things I think that they might be looking at is uh, perhaps have someone like Donovan Wilson just shadow fields all game long because do they really need him to drop back into coverage? I don't think so, not until at least until the, uh, the Bears show that they could do something to make you regret that. And so that may be something that really is is a, a, a detailed watch. And they're going to have to rely a bit on Micah Parsons as well.
1: Well, I do just want to say, and I did want to touch base back on it when you said it. Do you think the line is unfair going into this game? Like the Cowboys stumbled and bumbled their way to a 24 to six victory over the Detroit Lions. Like they made that look, fairly easy for a game that we all agreed they did not play a complete one right Um, in, in many facets and so I think against a Chicago team that to be fair put it on New England in prime time on the road but I also question how much you can get away with when teams aren't necessarily expecting it the first three games the Bears maybe tried to be a little bit more of a passing offense. They only ran Justin Fields eight, seven, and eight times. The last two games, they've run him 12 and 14 times, and it seems to be many more of those are designed aspects. Well, okay, now that I've seen it on film for two games, what does Dan Quinn potentially dial up? I think he has the opportunity now to prepare for that answer, and you're giving him some of the sauce that I think he will potentially use there. But that that to me, I think, is the difference between what the Chicago Bears were on Monday night versus what they're going to be on Sunday. And that is they won't come as a surprise. They'll have to do something that does surprise the Cowboys, right? Like throw it deep, like air it out. That would come as a surprise. And I'm not necessarily sure if they're capable of that. And quite frankly, like I'm kind of inviting it.
2: Yeah, it, because you run the risk of having the ball suddenly going the other direction. Sure. With the Cowboys. Bingo. Uh,
1: In a lot yeah. of places.
2: <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, do you want to go after Trayvon Diggs? I don't think so. <clears throat> uh, there are some other players. You know, I hope hopefully Malik Hooker will be healthy because he was uh, held out of practice on Wednesday. And we'd like to see him back there because he is what would allow Donovan Wilson be to be put in a different role. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to maybe kind of see him take some deep shots and see if the Cowboys can make him pay. I also very much think that they have to be focused on making sure that if Justin Fields does run, they hit him legally hard every time, you know, if he gets out of bounds, that's fine. Don't take any cheap shots, but, Make sure he knows you're coming for him. And once he's a runner, you don't have to worry about him being protected by the officials because he is now a legitimate target for everything that a running back goes through. We know running backs can get pounded a good bit. So we're going to have to see how that stacks up. Uh, But I'm kind of, it's going to be intriguing. This is a game where it's not so much that I'm looking forward to it. I'm just intrigued to see how it unfolds if you understand what I mean, I want to see how this little chess match works out between Dan Quinn and the bears offense. I I just, I'm going to be following that very closely. And, uh, you know, we, we want to hope that the, uh, the bears don't get their running game going early uh, because the best way to make sure that isn't going to kill you is to get some points up on them fast. And, you know, so that means the, the Cowboys need to hold them. Uh, you know, I don't think we're looking at a game where we're going to see a lot of sacks just because of the nature of, of how the Bears play ball. Um, you know. And uh, again, they do
1: give up a lot of sacks.
2: Yeah, uh, which kind of, you know, maybe, maybe that's what they can do if they can just force them into passing situations. Uh, they just don't, don't want to let them get big, good ground gains on early downs. That's that's what they have to avoid. So, you know, we'll have to see how it goes. The Cowboys, of course, are going to want to uh, make sure that they don't let the passing game take off on them because it, it always seems that there's some games during the season where teams just play much better than we thought. The way we saw the Detroit Lions' defense play – in the first half last week. And they don't want to want that to happen with Chicago. Uh, so it's it's just going to be, like I said, it's going to be something that we need to, to be very interested in. It's, it's going to probably rivet our attention until we find out how things are going to go.
1: Well, it's why I said before the season, Micah Parsons is the most exciting player to watch like any given Sunday. He'll have a big part in that. And truth yeah. be told, like, I mean, it just adds to that, right? I'm maybe more intrigued by this matchup. You might be right. I'm more intrigued by what this matchup brings than what the offensive side of the ball brings, because I think the offense can generally keep it pretty simple and win this football mm-hmm. game. But there are still questions that need to be answered, specifically about, as you mentioned before, QB1.
2: Yes. Uh, and before before we get away, I did want to say something. It was a thought that I didn't quite get out. Don't forget that you, if you have somebody that's shadowing Fields, in essence, being on the front, you've still got Micah Parsons and Sam uh, Williams to chase him down. So this could be the Cowboys could have a perfect answer for it, but we don't know. But meantime, yeah, when the Cowboys have the ball, I think we saw Dak Prescott come out not quite be all that sharp to start the game. And then the second half, things started clicking, especially as the defense started giving them short fields to work with. Uh, he did lead the one, I think it was 73-yard touchdown drive after Trayvon Diggs's interception that so upset Tony Romo and you know, I just don't know why that was, but, uh, you know, he they drove in, scored on that possession. Uh, then they had, a, you know, like I said, a couple of short fields to drive in, get another Ezekiel Elliott one-yard plunge. And they uh, also, uh, you know, got the touchdown pass to Peyton Hendershot. I was so pleased that uh, Prescott found him. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was, it's like, you know, a quarterback with any kind of vision is just going to look there and go like, oh, my, a freebie because he was so wide open in the end zone. Uh, now, at, at, you know, I, I think that we should hope to see a, an, a, an improvement from Prescott, a continued getting back into rhythm, getting back into the flow of the game, getting the chemistry working. Uh, and And that's what we're going to have to see. I, I hope that the, the, the matchup between the offense and the defense doesn't stress him a whole lot so that he can work on those things, like his footwork. Uh, his footwork did not look very good in the in the game last week, and you know now he's uh, going to be playing this game. Then the team has a bye week. And then they face the rest of the NFC North. It's a really interesting way that the schedule fell out, that they play all four of teams in the North, two home games before the bye, two away games after the bye. They're going up against the Green Bay Packers first, and I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, There seems to be some real problems with them or for Aaron Rodgers or something. Then they have one of the two, I think, challenging games based on record at least with the minnesota vikings the only team not the NFS, nfc east who has five wins in the national mm-hmm. football conference so it'll be good to see how they come out of the bye with that but this is a game where we still need to see Dak not making big mistakes with him getting some crystals. He made some really good throws in the second half of that that game against the Lions. We need to see more of that. Um, need to maybe see the receivers. Michael Gallup still seems to be working his way back in too. Uh, you know, he's on the field, but it doesn't look quite like the Gallup of old. And that may just be that he's got a lot of rust to shake off himself. So we want this to go. It would be great to see dac have a really strong outing and that would i think make us all feel not just great about this game but about the rest of the season after the bye
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: And really, he doesn't even need to come out and throw it all over the yard, right? He just needs to do a couple things like early in the game to put them in position because they can run the Cooper Rush offense behind Dak Prescott. And what I mean by that is if they get ahead, they can run the ball and they'll have little trouble doing so, I think, against Chicago. They can run the ball and they can certainly play good enough defense to keep a team from scoring more than 20 points. And I think the Cowboys can fall like Ezekiel Elliott, three-yard fall forward and score 9 to 12 points in this game just by doing that alone, right? That's with no touchdowns, no, no explosive runs, no nothing. Uh, whether Zeke plays or not in this game, potentially up in the air. He did sit out practice on Wednesday, and we'll have to see what kind of work he gets. Took a knock over the weekend, was able to come back and play, but, man, I wouldn't be surprised to see them hold him out for this game and maybe give Tony a Pollard, Pollard an opportunity, right? I think fans would kind of be clamoring for that uh, that to be the case. But obviously, for Dak Prescott and the offense, we'd like to see you know him be able to throw the ball around, find find some different receivers, maybe get a Dalton Schultz healthy, Dalton Schultz finally not taking a knock or uh, potentially re-injuring his knee again.
2: Yeah, um, I think that is that is very true. Uh, we, we certainly don't want to see them aggravate an injury. Because they went and played against a a game in a game that maybe they didn't have to be so all in on. Uh, It was very encouraging that after he took the hit that hurt his knee, he still went out, hurled a player, and had a nice long run. Crazy. So yeah. So I'm 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 I've got a feeling that at the very least he's going to be just insisting he's ready to go come Sunday. And whether the staff believes it or not, we'll still have to find out. That Then it comes down, I think, another factor is, is Kellen Moore going to call a good game? Is he going to take all the factors into account and deploy his assets the best way he can? I mean, he showed he can do some very, I don't know if creative is the right word, but certainly very intelligent things.
1: What what is the best way? Truth, honestly, what is the best way? Because a lot of people say different things. Like they want the $40 million quarterback to be slinging it all over the yard, right? They want him to throw for 300, but they also want him to be more like Cooper Rush and run the offense blandly and kind of run the ball, play ball control. Um, you know, we've wanted creativity in the past, and yet when we get it, it seems like it winds up in so much failure that we kind of go, okay, this is obviously too difficult for them to execute. Let's go back to doing what they know. Right.
2: Well, yeah, there's two different, there's two different levels of
1: creativity. I, I, I don't like the, the end
2: of rounds and the reverses and stuff because they have not been working. Uh, You know, if you're going to do that, maybe take one or two shots with Cavante Turpin. Uh, But don't, don't go to that, especially on third down. You know, you know, try it on, if you get a second short, maybe play around with that or something like that. But there was something from the Lions game that I think could be a great way to be creative within a certain framework of not getting too far out there. That was that Dak Prescott threw half of his passes off of play action. And he normally, uh, before, he, he's been, like, at around a 25% level at that. I think the 50% mark may be what they ought to be shooting for from here on out because Dak is mobile. Uh, and he does throw very well on the move. I, I think I once saw that he was actually slightly more accurate when he was moving than he was when he was standing in the pocket. Threw a better uh, so pass I, to
1: CD. Than he did to Noah, but I yeah. guess we were both kind of moving.
2: Yeah, but I, I did. I mean, he like I said, he threw a couple of dots, and and I think that's there. I think that's going to come out. But I love putting putting him out there in play action, especially after you know we saw Tyler Smith not have the greatest game, uh, and but you know they still managed to to protect him fairly well. But I think play action is a great way to to get more out of your offensive lines pass protection, frankly, uh, because now all of a sudden the guys on one side are having to run all the way across the field. You can throw a double team out there on the other side and have him a little bit of green space to work in. And there's always the threat that you know he gets out there and they manage to cover everything, but maybe that leaves Prescott with some nice open space that he can just run and get positive yards. And then, you know, get down or get out of bounds so he doesn't take a hit. Uh, I love that. But another thing, and this kind of ties in with what's going to happen with Zeke, is that they did very well running the ball against the Lions. Uh, you know, and and there you had, Tony Pollard had two long, nice long runs, uh, one of which he might have kept going uh, on if somebody hadn't gotten a hand on him. Um uh, Zeke had some, you know, two 10-plus-yard runs. Uh, I think they need to get, uh, keep the running game part of it, however they combine stuff. It may just come down to we've seen them kind of going with sort of a 60-40 split. Zeke carries to Tony Pollard. Maybe they can just flip that. Still have Zeke involved, but let Pollard take some of that load off. A uh, lot of ways to approach that, but I think the run game is going to be important for the Cowboys. Uh, I, 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 they, they don't want to get one-dimensional at all, but this is just a good time with Dax still kind of coming back. They don't want to put it all on his arm. So keep the run game going. Get some success. You have to succeed with it. But uh, you know, and and if you are going to run on third and short, go ahead and go up the middle because they got stopped two or three times when they tried to go wide, uh, and I don't know if that was just the back seeing something clogged up and trying to break outside or not. But they they need to go ahead and push the uh, interior, and it it if you've got third and really short, don't forget Dak is could it quarterback snakes. Uh something that I don't see the Cowboys do as much as I think they should.
1: I think they'll start to employ it a little a little bit more as we go further. Um Jerry spoke about that after the game specifically that the one thing he thought he could forecast going into the future seeing more of or wanting to see more of was Dak Prescott's mobility and I think we'll get more about more of that as the season goes on. I am interested regarding the split That you mentioned, that's always like a really big hot-button topic for Cowboys fans is like how many carries is Zeke getting relative to Tony Pollard? And I think what what we all really want, and forgive me for speaking for all of us, but we all really want is for them to be able to take a game plan, take an opponent, and decide based on the opponent and the best usage of each who's going to get more carries that night. And that, in my opinion – is not something we have yet seen from Kellen Moore and the coaching staff. Like it seems pretty clear that if Tony Pollard's getting 10 carries, then Zeke's getting 14. If Tony Pollard's getting eight, Zeke's getting 12. Right? Like, am I wrong in that? Cause I agree with you. The 60 40 split kind of exists. And in my mind, it just feels like Zeke is always out touching Tony Pollard if he's healthy enough to do so. And I'd like to see that flipped on occasion especially when it benefits them, and they can take advantage in a way from a matchup perspective. Yeah, and, and
2: like I said, this is a great game when you can do that, kind of get a chance to see how it works while also having the clear benefit of not over stressing Zeke's knee. Let him try to, you know, if he does play, do it while he's healing up. And if the staff makes the call that he's not going to be good to go, then you're going to see definitely, I think, Pollard getting like the, the majority of the running touches while they, they maybe use Rico Dattle to uh, take up the, the rest of the carries in the game. So that's going to be very interesting to say. Uh, a key to all of that, I think, of course, is that the offensive line is going to have to do some good run blocking for the Cowboys. And what has happened? Now they've got a depth problem on the offensive line.
1: Perfect timing. Well, the buy is just around the corner, Tom. But I don't think the buy is going to fix all the woes that they have along this offensive line, right? It might yeah. be. We might be looking more so at the trade deadline. Um, yeah. Next week, and was... whether or not the Cowboys can make a move there.
2: I, I am not, you know, a lot of people are saying the Cowboys need to go out and get a wide receiver next. I, I actually think they first need to do something to shore up the, 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 the line thing. If For anyone that is aware, uh, Matt Willetsko, uh went, I believe, he went on IR and is expected to return while Farniok, I believe is on season ending, but I can't swear to that. I may have that backwards, but they're both out now, which means that offensive line is really lacking in depth. Uh, You know, Jason Peters uh, played like nine snaps, but looked good. Uh, They're still bringing him along very slowly since he's, you know, been dinged up a little bit. Josh is now the next man up at tackle, unless they're willing to rely on Peters to suddenly go out there and play left tackle, having been worked strictly as a guard, uh, since he got into Dallas. Um, and they've got to do something to place Farniak's presence on the field because he's the backup center. So maybe that means they're going to elevate, uh, Alec Lindstrom from the practice squad. Um, you know, they've got to do something, plus they've got to have that fullback because that's what Farniok did. If they wanted to use a fullback, they didn't put a, a second back out there. They lined Farniok up in the backfield. So that's something they have to address. They have to have some answers, and they're just a lot currently on the team. That's why I'd love to see them get, you know, and I'm talking – I'm not talking go out and get some great line just somebody who's a solid backup that they can get for like a sixth or seventh round pick or something out there like that uh, but I think they need to look at it vested, something like that
1: mm-hmm. Well a little bit harder to find as you know many teams are probably looking for all- offensive line help in the NFL and that would cost a pretty penny. Uh, they did get some help back at least. Um, the Cowboys had a draft pick that actually is going to be activated, Tom, or at least being activated to be cleared for practice. And that is uh, Damon, uh, Damon Clark, who mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story as a linebacker, but the Cowboys drafted him uh, this this season. They had a third-round grade on him. He slipped to the fifth because he needed spinal reconstruction surgery. And because of that, teams shied away from him, didn't know when he would be back. Well, just a short period into this season now, he is back way sooner than many people anticipated. And it's very possible he could see some action very, very soon. The LSU. Yes,
2: uh, yeah. Officially signed the 53 man roster on Wednesday. Uh, he is another exciting. I think he's more of a traditional off the ball linebacker, but you know, he may be the the starter next year because there's a good chance that uh, Leighton vanderesh might go somewhere else in free agency. I don't know how hard the Cowboys are going to try to keep him. Although, to Van Der Esch's credit, he's been playing rather well uh, this season. I think he's been a little bit overlooked. He deserves some kudos for that. But, you know, the Cowboys have to decide what they're going to do. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. Uh, I think everyone was a little surprised, especially that he got back this quick. Uh, A lot of people, I think, thought that he was not going to make it back. And if he did, it was going to be very late in the season. Uh, You know, I thought it was probably going to be a redshirt year for him, but, bang, here we are. So he will probably, if he does play, uh, it's going to be special teams first. So, we don't need to get our hopes up too much, but we know that special teams are important to the Cowboys. And that kind of takes us to the last question, which is kind of the one really fun question that we have about the team going into this. And that is, is Kamonte Turpin going to break one this week? You know, <laughs> is he going to finally get into the end zone? He came so close. If you look at the replay of his 52 yard punt return, if he had cut right instead of left, I don't think he would have been touched into the end zone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, you know, that's uh, now the, the angle was a little bit harder going that direction, but with his speed, I think he could outrun, uh, if it was, I think it was the punter that was, that was worried about. We all know that punters are not that hard to outrun sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, we all have been waiting. Every time they punt the ball and, and he gets it in his hands, we kind of hold our breath a little bit to see if it's going to happen this time. And like I said, it almost did. Uh, he had another nice little 14-yard return, you know. Uh, and uh, as as it was, was put out in a tweet, and I apologize for not remembering who put it out. I don't have it up handy in front of me. He is averaging 16 yards to return, which is like three or four yards better than the next guy on the list uh, among players that have had, you know, a significant number of opportunities. Uh, It's just waiting to happen with him. If if he can stay healthy, he is going to be such a great redemption story if his career works out and he doesn't have some kind of – bad mistake in his personal life which I'm, I'm hope I'm hoping that he manages to do that. Yeah. It's you know kind of great to see a guy that that kept his act clean for, for several years to, to kind of prove that he he might be a better person than would be would have been indicated by the the, the terrible thing that he did do. Uh, but that cost him from getting into the NFL for over, for four years. So, you know, it's going to be – if I were an opposing team, I would be telling the punter, angle for the nearest sideline. Don't worry if it's real short. Just don't let it wind up in the field of play where he can get his hands up. Because even if he gets it right there on the sideline where you think you've got him pinned, he's so fast. If he can he can cut around everybody going the other way if you're not careful. Um. It'll be interesting to see how teams handle him going forward because he's threatening. He's threatening.
1: Well, it'll be a fun one to watch this weekend, and I feel like one that at least to start the game, Cowboys fans will go into feeling pretty comfortable again. Vegas odds have them at six and a half point favorites to open the week. They've already moved to 10 point favorites as we get to Thursday. And that number could climb even higher. Right. To be honest, like neither of us would be surprised if that number climbed even higher, even with what Chicago did earlier this week.
2: Yeah, I will. I will admit that I don't understand everything about the betting lines other than the fact that I'm aware that they're actually a way to get the money to even out on both sides so that the uh, bookmakers in Vegas can can make profits off of it, but uh, j- jumping that big after the Bears just had their most convincing and impressive game of the, the year. yeah
1: <laughs> okay I'm okay Whatever. with it. I'm okay <laughs> with it I, I kind of agree with it Tom like they covered against the Lions uh six and a half point favorites Grand Lake cover but they covered. And they covered pretty handily. And yeah. I, again, look at that defense and I go, this defense, I've said it before, it makes me feel so comfortable going into it. Any- I feel like this game is going to be fun because I'm not worried that the defense is going to randomly give up 30 to a scrub. I used to worry about that, Tom. Yeah. And I don't worry about that with this defense, and I don't think you should either, which is why I think the Cowboys probably will cover this number, and I do expect the Cowboys to pull out a victory and improve to seven and two before they uh, get close to heading into their bye week. So, um, six and two. excuse me, yeah, six and two, six and two. Yeah,
2: I, I, I would not be surprised to see them uh, win by ten. Um, you know, and that you know. If it goes like it did last game, then yeah, they could well pile on some points late. So I I do expect the Cowboys win. I'm just, you know, I'm, as I said, all season, I'm, you know, I'm going to wait till I see it before I believe it.
1: Well, Dan Quinn has certainly made me a believer and Micah Parsons even more so. Take me to church every Sunday for number 11 in that Cowboys uniform. Sincerely. Uh, that is Mike church. That is Mike Chapel. Anyway, for Tom, I'm Roy. y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys. We'll see you next Thursday.